0: And Budic podcast starts right now. Welcome into another Asmin and Budic show. I'm Jake Asman, and I'm joined, as always, with Dan Budic. The brackets from March Madness, well, they've been released. And to help us break it all down, we're going to welcome in a longtime friend of the Asmund and Budic show, Greg Peterson. Greg is a college basketball expert, and he's also on air in Nashville at Nashville Sports Radio. Greg, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. How are you? Great to be on. Thank you so much for reaching out. Greg, with the brackets released yesterday, what are the biggest storylines heading into the tournament?
1: I think the biggest storyline is what is going to happen in North Carolina's region because you take a look at North Carolina. Had a really nice year. We're able to get a one seed thanks to their run in the ACC tournament, but are they going to face Indiana or Kentucky in the Sweet 16? That would obviously be a really nice matchup in that What's going to happen come the Elite Eight? Because I feel like West Virginia is actually a team that can knock them off if if they do square off in the Elite Eight. And North Carolina's road to the Final Four just seems like it's a little bit tougher than everyone else's. So I would say that's a big storyline.
0: Greg, it's really an annual tradition of people complaining about what the committee got wrong after the brackets are released. So I'll ask you, what did the committee get wrong? Were you surprised that some of the teams like Syracuse and Tulsa got into the tournament?
1: Um, yeah, the committee got a lot wrong. I had as many teams wrong this year for my bracketology as I did the last two years combined. The fact that Tulsa got in, now that's just a complete joke. I do something called the bracket matrix that tracks all the major bracketologists in the country and everything like that. Out of the 147 bracketologists in this matrix, one person took Tulsa. That tells you right there that the committee got that one wrong. And then you take a look at Temple getting in over St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure was the first team out. Temple was actually pretty securely in as a 10 seed. The reason why the committee left St. Bonaventure out, and this is according to the chairman of the of the committee that did the whole NCAA tournament picking, what he said is that St. Bonaventure did not have a single win over the RPI top 80 out of conference. That's fair enough. But you take a look at Temple, their best one out of conference. Number 208 in the RPI in Fairleigh Dickinson. That makes no sense. I thought that Vanderbilt should have been out. They were my first team out, but I'm not really going to get too high horsey on that. I'm someone that always likes to give the mid-majors a shot. But the fact that Monmouth didn't get in, that's ridiculous. San Diego State won 16-2 and two in the Mountain West. They also had the second toughest non-conference race schedule in the nation and did not get in. That, to me, was a little bit sketchy. It felt like the committee was sending mixed messages. And then you also had Syracuse getting in. They had the third worst RPI of any team to ever make it in the NCAA tournament. They've lost five of their last six games, and yet they get the same seed as the, a Pittsburgh team that beat them three times in the regular season. Give me a break. The committee did a bad job.
0: Greg, a lot of our listeners from the Syracuse area, tell them why Syracuse got in as a 10 seed.
1: I think that it's just because of brand name alone. I think that they looked at it, they said, oh, Jim, may was suspended? We will use this as cover, and we're going to get Syracuse into the NCAA tournament instead of, say, a St. Bonaventure or maybe even a San Diego State." I think that they just wanted the brand name and the cliche that comes along with Syracuse, and I think that's why they got in.
0: And we're talking with Greg Peterson of Nashville Sports Radio. Greg, when you look at the number one seeds, a lot of people thought that maybe Michigan State should have got that number one seed instead of Oregon. I think in the latest AP poll, Michigan State actually was ranked number two. So were you surprised by what the committee decided to do with the four number one seeds?
1: I felt like Virginia should have been bumped down to the number two line, and Michigan should have been sent up to the number one line. But I have a feeling that that will all play itself out. I have these two teams clashing in the Elite Eight. I certainly thought that Oregon had the resume of a one seed. They had... Uh, 10 top 50 wins in regards to the RPI. I know that they took bad losses to Boise State and also UNLV earlier this year. But you take a look at what Oregon did. They absolutely blasted Utah in the Pac-12 tournament. And and Utah was actually coming in with a nine-game winning streak to beat them by 32 points in that setting. I really did feel like the committee got it a little bit wrong with Virginia over Michigan State, but it's nothing too bad. Speaking
0: of these four number one seeds, which one do you look at and say that team's going to be the first one bounced?
1: It's got to be Oregon. They got a really raw deal with drawing St. Joe's in that eight-nine matchup. I think that St. Joe's not only knocks off Oregon in the second round, but I think St. Joe's makes a run all the way to the elite eight. When you take a look at when you take a look at St. Joe's, they've got a forward combination that averages nearly thirty-five and a half points per game and seventeen rebounds. Isaiah Mills is the leader of that forward duo. He's a very good player. You also have DeAndre Bembry. He's a great player as well. I'm very high on both of these guys. St. Joe's is one of the most explosive offensive teams in the country. And Oregon, though they are a one seed on paper, they just don't play like it. It seems like they're a little bit hit or miss from the three point from the three point arc. So I would say that they are in the most danger of going down early.
0: Greg, anyone you would talk to about college basketball during the regular season would tell you how down of a year it was for the sport. And a lot of people thought that must mean that the tournament, we could see a lot of upsets, a lot of double-digit seeds taking down some of the higher-ranked teams. Do you see that in this
1: tournament? Could we get a lot of upsets? You bet I do. I I see actually two 13-seeds being able to knock off four-seeds this year. I see Iona being able to knock off Iowa State. I also see UNC Wilmington blowing a shocker over Duke. Duke is a team with absolutely no depth whatsoever. They're going to be without Emil Jefferson in the NCAA tournament. And we saw when Marshall Flumley got into foul trouble in the ACC tournament, he had three fouls in the first half. They had to insert a player by the name of Sean Obie into the fold. Sean Obie did not score a single point in ACC play before that game. So I take a look at Duke. They just have depth issues. I think UNC Wilmington will be able to – We'll be able to make make a, make some hay in that game, and they'll be able to pull off the upset against Duke. And then the lone double-digit seed that I see making the Sweet 16 is uh, Arkansas Little Rock because they will get the favorable draw against Iona. But if you're looking for a double-digit seed that you really want to make a big run, I did not pick them personally, but I can see this happening. The winner of the playing game between Vanderbilt and Wichita State, they could make a run all the way to the Elite Eight. I'm not crazy about Miami. One night, they're looking absolutely spectacular and lighting the world on player. The next, they're losing to the likes of Northeastern. And then I think that either one of them is going to knock off Arizona. A little bit of a surprising side note. In the first five years in which the NCAA implemented the first four, that first four winner actually went on to win at least one game in the NCAA tournament. At least one of them did. So so don't overlook those first four games. But I think that if you're looking for a true Cinderella I think either Vanderbilt or Wichita State. I could certainly see either making the Elite eight, eight.
0: Greg, do you see any traditional twelve five upsets that we've grown accustomed to seeing over the years?
1: I see one of them. I see Arkansas Little Rock knocking out Purdue, and that's a bit of a tough deal because Purdue is a really good team. I like Caleb Swanigan. I like Isaac Haas. I mean, this is a really good team, but they just got the short end of the stick on the draw. Arkansas Little Rock is a team that won twenty-nine and four this year. They were able to pull off a really nice win at the PA center, knocking off San Diego State, holding them to 43 points in that game. They went on the road, knocked off Colts up. They have a first-year high coach. They have 10 new players. They were able to do all that. I really think that Arkansas Little Rock is a team that can make a sweet 16 run.
0: All right, Greg, final question before we let you go. Who do you have in the Final Four and who you got winning the whole thing?
1: We're going to go with the final four of Michigan State, and they will take on West Virginia. I see Michigan State advancing to the national championship in that one. I think they do just enough to get by the West Virginia full-court press. And then you have Kansas versus Oklahoma clashing once again. Kansas just feels like they have Oklahoma's number. They're they're the more complete team. And that will lead to a rematch of the Champions Classic between Kansas and Michigan State. Michigan State won the first time 79-73. to and this time, I see them winning 78-74. to 74. I just think that Denzel Valentine is a little bit of a better player than Perry Ellis. Both these teams are very deep, but I think that Michigan State has a little bit more grit. And I think that, that Tom Izzo was able to implement his players. That's a little bit better than Bill Self, though both are obviously really, really good coaches. I see Michigan State cutting down the down the next one. It's all Sunday and
0: done. Greg Peterson of Nashville Sports Radio. Greg, we know you're very busy this time of year. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for coming on, Greg. We appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Aspen and Budic Show. To keep up with the guys, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter with the handle at Aspen Budick Show.